Now on Spin Talk, I, I mentioned the World Happiness Report a little earlier on and Ireland, we rank 15th on the list, which isn't too bad a going, I suppose, but an awful lot of it is kind of economic stuff and things that are out of our control. So I want to know today, what makes you happy? And do you feel in control of your own happiness? And joining me on the line now to discuss a little further is John Francis Leader from JFL.com. John, of course, consulting psychologist and cognitive scientist and friend of the show. John, thanks for your time. Hi, and happy International Day of Happiness to you. I know, and it's lovely that the sun is shining today and kind of boost all our moods, John, because as I mentioned, the World Happiness Report, the, you know, the countries that are the happiest, Norway have knocked Denmark off the top mm. seat and we're at number 15th. I really noticed reading it that it, it's a lot of stuff that it would be out of my control or your control, John. So there might be kind of factors that might, might not necessarily make individuals happy. Sure. And that, I think, is the issue a huge amount of the time. It's a very hard thing, really, to sum up what happiness is and, uh, and to try and measure it. Um, but if we had to kind of have a go at it, I suppose, in a personal level, one of the big things is that the degree to which certain things are outside of our control, but that, that, that's not just it. The other bit is the degree to which we're trying to control them, but can't. <laughs> so if we're looking for kind of a recipe for frustration or, or unhappiness, it tends to be that gap between what we feel we need to control and what we actually can. And what I'm able to do now is text in the things that make them happy because it's different for everyone. So yeah. get your text in now, 087-711-1038. What makes you happy? And I suppose understanding what makes you happy is the first port of call, John. Certainly, and that'll be a very interesting thing to hear, you know, what people are sending in because it is so personal. And um, I think one effect you're going to see as the suggestions come in is it's going to remind other listeners of things that they kind of forgot make them happy. And that's the problem. Sometimes even for the best of intentions, it's a problem. We shift our attention to the things that we feel are problems or even might be problems but aren't currently. And it's kind of positive in a sense because we're trying to protect ourselves, we're trying to be preemptive. But the problem is it can shift our attention to the difficulties of the challenges. And actually there's so many things, often very, very simple things, that just quite simply make us happy. They just give us a good feeling. So we can be very realistic. We don't want to ignore the problems. But uh, in the face of the problems, we can be constructive. We, we can try and find solutions to them. But the other thing is, is we need to charge our batteries, I suppose, with doses of happiness. And that can be done through support from friends and families, focusing on our own goals, certainly looking after our health and wellness, and um, just just really choosing, I suppose, to funnel our attention on some of those things that energize us. And importantly, that's not a distraction away from difficulties. It's a bit like if, uh, if an engine was under strain, you wouldn't refuse to put oil in it because it was under strain. Actually, the more problems, in a sense, the more we need the happiness bringing it in in those ways is very important. Yeah, and I like what you say about recharging the batteries with happiness because I often wonder, is happiness something that you can maintain over a long period of time? Like, you can't constantly be happy. Sure, and it's an important point. And the other thing we we pretty much know is that it's generally a bad idea to try because with my, you know, introductory definition of this distance between, you know, where we are and where we feel we need to be, if we try and pursue this thing, we can be really chasing our tail and actually creating a frustration. Oh, I'm not happy. How dare I not be happy? And that then creates kind of a stress in our life, which is really, really unfortunate and kind of ironic. So I think a helpful way to think about happiness is this kind of an emergent thing that, in a sense, we don't have that much direct control over, but we do have indirect control over very often. Uh, we, like health is probably a good example of this, too. It's not really possible to be healthy, but you can eat well, you can be active, you can do those kinds of things. 
And of course, health tends to just sort of emerge from doing those types of things. We can't guarantee it, but it's very, very likely. We spoke recently on the show about a listener who'd gotten in touch who was feeling a bit lost and it was very much to do with their job and feeling stuck in a bit of a rut. Do you think it can be difficult to get out of a rut of unhappiness, John? It can be. And uh, I think the the trick is there's two bits to it. One is just pure habit. We we get in the habit of thinking certain ways and and taking certain actions and uh, we we just start used to it. It's as simple as that. But there's another bit that can come into play, which is that we feel we can't afford to take our attention off those challenges or to move out of old habits. We feel an insecurity in doing it. So it's a little bit of a tricky thing because the problem is, well, sometimes we do need to change or shift our attention or focus. Sometimes there are real challenges that need our attention. But we kind of make the mistake. It's like if you were to walk into a room and there was a leaking water pipe and there's water spraying everywhere. And sometimes what we do is we sit down and we stare at the water pipe and the water spraying. And then if somebody was to come in and say, hey, what are you doing? There's water everywhere. And you say, shut up for a minute. I'm trying to get this attention. It's very important. (laughs) So this can be the issue, I think, that happens with this. So ironically, by turning your back on the leaking water, by going to find a wrench or a plumber or just getting some equipment, with your back to it, you're actually addressing it. You're dealing with it. And by focusing on it, you're ignoring it. So it's a bit of a paradox in that way. So something I really recommend people do, though, a huge amount is do try and think about what makes you happy. These are goals in terms of how you want to live your life. These are just things you enjoy doing. These are the right kinds of relationships and support. And it may not be that it is appropriate to just ditch all the old habits or the patterns or even get out of the rut. But if every day you're doing a little, you know, you're just shifting your attention in that way, then you kind of start to bring it in. It starts to become a bit easier and you kind of get a flavor for it and you see how sustainable it can be. And something you touched on a little earlier, John, is that you deserve that. You deserve to be happy. It's very important. You deserve to be happy. There's sort of two two sides to it. One is you do deserve to be happy, and it's kind of as simple as that. The other thing is, is um, you know, even if there are lots of, of challenges and, and, and difficulties, the happiness is needed more than ever before, like the example of the, of the oil and the engine. We kind of make, I think, a mathematical error sometimes in, in terms of how we're thinking about it. We think, well, how can I be happy of problems in my life? Or So there's problems in the world at least other people have. It, it seems almost a bit sick to be happy in the face of difficulty sometimes. But again, maybe we're doing our maths wrong. Maybe actually the more problems, the happier we should be. But we need to understand what the happiness is. It's, it's not the ignoring of challenges or difficulties. If you think about even in the most severe of challenges, a firefighter who sees a fire, they kind of become at their best in that moment. Now, that's not because they're ignoring the fire, pretending it, it doesn't exist. Um, but they're not getting captivated by it either. Mm. They're seeing it, they're realizing their skills, their resources. They, they, they enter a kind of a very good mode in that moment to be able to address things. That's very, very important. John, it's always great to have you on Spin Talk. Thank you so much for that today. And I hope you're happy today and you have a good one. Absolutely. Thank you very much. You great too. to have you. John Francis Leader there from JFL.com, consulting psychologist and cognitive scientist. Tasty veggie delight. Today at Subway, this Subway long lunch on Spin Talk. Subway, keep discovering. Spin 1038.